Welcome to Deal of the Week. I'm Ed Hammond, your host this week. And first off, I want to thank Alex Barinka, our colleague here on Bloomberg Deals, who admirably filled in the last couple of weeks uh, hosting the show while I was off on paternity leave. I also want to thank Alex Sherman, our sadly departed colleague. He's gone over to CNBC, although I'm actually looking at his Twitter now and he still lists himself as former host of Deal of the Week. So obviously he's, he's very proud of, um, of having set this thing up and his achievements here. And we've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, we had a hiatus where there was no hosts, um, but we're now back. And I'm joined this week by Matt Monks, who is a specialist on all things energy, power, utilities, and fig. Uh, so we're today recording in the new podcast studio, which is very interesting. It's very sensitive to noise. So apologies, listeners, if you hear some uh, some background tapping that we're making. There's also a very fetching sort of glass swan on the table, the uh, relevance of which is yet to be explained to us. Uh, anyway, this week, Matt and I are going to be talking about deals in the power and utility space. There were two fairly big ones last week, uh, the acquisition of Scanner by Dominion and also the sale of Westinghouse to Brookfield Asset Management, which um, nicely links into the first deal. So, Matt, I'm going to turn to you on this. Why are we seeing so many deals at the moment in the power and utility space? Well, you know what's really funny? You know, when I took over the M&A beat from Zach Miter five years ago now, uh, he was walking me through all the sectors I'm going to have to cover. And he said to me about power and utilities. Monks, you don't, you don't really got to worry about power and utilities. You know, there's not a lot of action there. You know, every once in a while, deals happen. Uh, but you're not really going to have to worry about it that much. No sector has taken up more of my time than utilities. And I've seen actually no more interesting deals than I've seen in the utility sector over the past five years. Why is that the case? Well, there's a few different reasons. There's some dynamics going on in the power sector right now. They're starved for growth. Uh, Electricity prices are been depressed and were relatively flat due to a low demand. Also, they're facing competition from new providers of power like uh, solar and wind, which is also cutting into them. But at the same time, you know, their stocks are trading at really high multiples because people tend to put their money into utilities during, when it's hard to find uh, good returns elsewhere. They pay dividends. They're stable. So what you've seen is, is is companies with really high stock prices. Oh, and another related point to that, they've got access to favorable financing for doing mergers. So you put high stock prices, lack of growth uh, altogether, you're seeing some transactions coming together. So so one of the things that always seems to come up in these deals, and uh, you know, this is, is fascinating for people like you and I who cover deals all the time, and like complicated deals, deals that bankers would say have hair, you see this sort of political aspect to a lot of these utility deals because there is so much, um, particularly at like the local politics level, there seems to be so much involvement of the state regulators. So how how is the acquirer in something like this, so Dominion obviously show up to buy Scanner, how do they assess that risk of, <laughs> of actually, you know, they're buying something, but they're buying something where the, the state can turn around at any time and completely change the, uh, the rules of the game? Uh, they hire really good lawyers. Uh, and they hope for the best, <laughs> I guess. That seems like a good tactic. Hope <laughs> I mean, for the best. but you can't overstate the uh, the um, the regulatory aspect when it comes to utilities M and A. It's it's all local utility commissions. Um, people are very touchy about their utilities, you know, and it's uh, they're 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 very um, regional, right? And um, people are touchy when people come to buy them, and they also affect people directly, right? right. You don't you keep the lights goes up. Yeah, yeah, your utility bill goes up. So what tends to happen in uh, utilities M&A is, is, you know, the local regulators have a lot of sway in whether to approve the deal. And when somebody strikes a deal, they often go to the buyer and ask, demand a lot of gimmies. You know, uh, don't raise rates for this amount of time. Set aside this amount of money to um, uh, 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 set up a special scholarship fund and stuff like that. Uh, uh, but they really hold them 
over the barrel when it comes to striking deals, and, and everybody knows it. And there's a lot of risk to it, and, they, and deals ha- often have to be recut. We saw that last year with the uh, the Great Plains deal. And do we know where we are in in terms of the negotiations between Dominion and the local regulators in this, this is going to take a long time to play out. So I mean, it's early it, it's innings. Gonna, yeah, it's going to. I mean, you have to assume that they've they've put feelers out, and there have been conversations. And the commentary so far coming out of South Carolina has been favorable uh, about how they look at the deal. But we're going to see. This is going to this is going to drag out for a year or more. You see, which is fascinating because if you look at the spread, the, the arbitrage spread on this deal, it's actually quite tight. It's about, you know, seven percentage points. So, you know, you would see a much wider spread on deals that, that would be far, you would think, far lower political risk. So I'm just trying to work out what's causing that. Is this something that people are assuming it, it is going to go through because of that fable read or do they just think Dominion will do what they need to do to get this thing done? Well, Dominion knows the market. They have some credibility there. And like I said before, you know, South Carolina has spoken favorably thus far about the transaction. And something has to be done with Scanna. Because? And because of uh, this big uh, nuclear exposure that it had um, and, you know, it blew a big hole in its balance sheet. They needed someone to come in and rescue them and spread out some of the cost uh, a large, uh, uh, throughout a larger entity, which Dominion offers. So it needs a home. So I think you put all those things together, people are pretty bullish on the prospects of the deals. Go- some kind of deal is going to cross the finish line. That doesn't sound like anything anyone would ever want, nuclear exposure. Um, but they did have nuclear exposure because they had this plant that was, if this is right, it was sort of half built and then their contractor started to go belly up and they said, we're not going to finish building the plant, but we would still like to pass on the cost of yeah. this half finished mess to our customers, which the regulators in South Carolina took a fairly dim view of, understandably. Yeah, absolutely. And the story's still ongoing because it's partner in that project, a company called Santee Cooper, which is a municipal-owned utility, has still got the same issue, uh, but it's even a messier situation uh, just because given the financial structure of Santee Cooper and the fact that it's state-owned. Uh, but the shoe's going to drop there later this year as well. So these are companies that they seem to live in a sort of permanent state of semi- Distress in, oh, in not, one sense or another. Maybe that's too harsh. Yeah, no. I mean, it depends. You have to go. You have to. You have to get, as they say, granular with it. Uh, if if you look at regulated utilities, it's a good, stable business. You know, when you start getting uh, exposure to uh, like coal plants, nuclear plants, that sort of thing. You know, that's 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 not that's you know, not the one, best business to be in at the moment. And it, the the uh, the outlook for those sectors aren't so great. Either. One one way I kind of make an assessment, this is very like a broad brush way of doing it about the the quality of some of these companies is that often a byline I see on stories about these utility companies or indeed the contractor, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is Tiffany Kerry, who obviously covers bankruptcy. Yeah. And when you have a bankruptcy report or writing about you frequently, you know yeah, yeah, all yeah. is not good. Um, Matt, I, I want to kind of pivot to nuclear generally as a sector. And, uh, you know, obviously when people are talking about nuclear at the moment, it tends to be about Trump and uh, North Korea and what may happen there. But in the US, domestically, there is also nuclear power, which is a very interesting market and has been a catalyst for a lot of this M&A that we're seeing. What's the trend there? And what is, I, I guess, what's informing some of these deals in terms of the the, uh, the the move toward or away from nuclear power? Yeah, for, well, for the most part, it goes back to something I said initially. Um, guys are getting out of unregulated kind of businesses, which is, you know, plants uh, that use, uh, that are coal-fired, nuclear-fired, and they sell power into the open market. You've seen Duke, PPL uh, exit these markets and, you know, sell these assets to private equity for the most part. And then you have uh, other guys that, you know, they're called independent power producers, uh, Calpine, Dynagy, NRG. Uh, you know, these guys basically just, you know, own fleets of various different types of power plants and they sell into the open market. You know, these are called generation businesses. And, you know, the utility sector has been retreating from generation for a couple of years now. And there's a few of them that still have, you know, sizable 
generation exposure. Um, and then these guys called like hybrids. But for the most part, these guys have been selling this stuff and then buying kind of the regulated, predictable stuff to um, you know stabilize their earnings. And then also they've been buying things uh, that that are uh, use gas fired power plants. Like at most, nice sources are a couple of companies out there that we could expect to see something change hands. So they're sort of pivoting to what becoming more like a yield code? Uh, no, no, pivoting towards just buying regulated assets that have. But why? Because growth. it has a because, much yeah, it more has stable better, growth. Yeah, it has be- better stable growth prospects than the generation stuff. And then when you come to like the gas, you know, LDCs is what they call them. Uh, uh, you know, they, they they've even got better growth prospects than the stuff that they have right now. And what are the sponsors doing? You're talking about you know private equity being very interested in some of these assets. And I think uh, in in both deals we saw mm. last week there was private equity interest, right? So in the yeah. Westinghouse deal, we had mentioned I think Blackstone and Apollo as both being around it. Brookfield is to some extent private equity. They ended up buying that asset, um, and also in, I think in the Scanner deal, had we had we not talked about potentially some private equity yeah, consortiums being finance, right, being involved. So what's their play here? Why well, are we seeing sponsors? Uh, so I, I think what the sponsors are doing is they look at it as like a play uh, to put money to work in a long dated stable asset. You know, you've seen CPBIB do some power stuff, Energy Capital, Blackstone, Apollo, Riverstone. They like these assets, well, because, well, A, it's a little messy right now, you know, whenever there's any kind of like disruption, private equity is always there. But they also see it as a favorite place to put money to work over the long haul, which is something that they like. And, you know, and within Brookfield, I think that's kind of the play as well. And I suppose this should all come back to the customer. How does all of the sort of the various moving parts in the deal space around power and utilities, how does that affect us, the customers? I don't think we see it that much, hopefully, you know, for the most part. And that's where the go- that's if yeah. you like where local government yeah, protects us. The they government, act as a yeah, because yeah, the government is right there, you know, making sure that the ratepayers don't get screwed over in these types of deals. But um, that could change. Well, it's interesting because private equity, you would think they're coming in, not to screw over the ratepayers. That's far too harsh. But obviously, yeah. they're looking to make yeah. But it see, more- but they're not buying the stuff. They're buying the kind of generation stuff that kind of it doesn't touch the uh, regular everyday consumers so much. So there's a, there's a layer or yeah, layers yeah, yeah. between and, us and them. Yeah, if, for some of them. And, and some of these guys, you know, for the pension funds, they, they do own, like, you know, regulated ratepayer-facing type stuff. Uh, like, there's a company called Puget Energy right now that's for sale. A couple pension funds own it, and they're trying to sell it. Uh, it's probably going to go to other pension funds. Um, you have uh, Clico, which is owned by, um, who is it, Macquarie? So you got. Pe- I think pe- we wrote about that. Deal. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, went yeah, in yeah. Clico, first that iteration. Was, that yeah, that was one of those ago. that's been, hey, that was hanging out there for a long time. That's right. Okay, so putting our sort of crystal ball hats, although that's a horrible turn of phrase, but forward-looking, what could we see in this space? What's sort of out there that people are expecting to trade this year? I think that, you know, we're overdue for a mega merger in the utilities. Sector. And mega in utilities is what? Are we talking uh, like 20 I mean, billion, 50 yeah, billion? 20, 30 billion. Because yep. what's been happening is all of the kind of bite-sized companies have been taken out. You know, you could even put Scanit into that category. But, you know, there are large players where you could see something happen with, like, you know, names uh, people have mentioned, um, like a public service enterprise group. That's just they've got some issues because they got some of the gen stuff that nobody wants. But that's like a big company that's been looking to do something for a while. First Energy, um, Exelon. There's just multiple companies out there that, you know, you could see come together. Um, and we're overdue to do it because what's happened is there's not a lot of bite-sized things for them to buy. So it's only a matter of time before some of them kind of come together. And, and you can be damn sure that the bankers would like to see something like that happen. And is it what bankers, yeah, any mega deal, right? <laughs> no, they would. But, they, it, but it, it is, we are overdue for kind of a, a large-scale utilities. And is this one of these spaces where you would see only really domestic mergers because of, I guess, it would be serious CFIUS issues with a non-US party, particularly from certain parts of the world, mm-hmm. acquiring one of these 
these assets that has such a direct link to uh, to U.S. consumers? Well, uh, Iberdrola from Spain owns a big utility on the East Coast. Um, it's called Eversource. They've got deep pockets. They could do something sizable. Uh, so no, it's not just you know U.S. utilities. There are, there are some overseas players in, in the U.S. market. And like I said, you know, Macquarie owns Clico. Could they? Do something like mega big McCormick? Probably not, but there are foreign players in the U.S. that we could see something happen. So hopefully we get to see some mega mergers this year between um, one big utility and another. That will be enough to keep investment bankers and local politicians extremely excited. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Deal of the Week. If you want to hear more about what Matt and I are thinking, you can get Matt on Twitter at MattMonks123 or you can get me at EdHammondNY. Thank you again. Until next week.